Welcome back to the Ashy Knuckles podcast. We're uh, doing a recap of 292. Basically, we're talking about the Sugar Show uh, for all the doubters. Uh, I think it's definitive that Aljo got exposed, that he was not the bantamweight goat that people were claiming, because as we previously discussed, he had massive actress next to all his wins. Jan fight was a DQ. Jan was a split that Jan arguably should have won. Then you had a one-armed TGA. And then you had, uh, coming off retirement, Henry Cejudo, who could have won as well, split. And uh, Sean put an end to it. I think uh, I, I was very confident in Sean, uh, his ability with his length and his striking to get it done. Um, and he did. First round was very, you know, a lot of faint from Sean, uh, getting Aljo to move, to stop, to stay, you know, distance control. And I think it was a very tight round until the last 10 seconds where Aljo clinched and throwing like three uppercuts and he stole that round, uh, according to the judges. So Aljo's point fighting, uh, trying to, you know, do his how he his style works. Uh, and then in round two, uh, someone did an excellent breakdown of how Aljo was throwing a hook to Sean and going to go for a level change, but Sean didn't flinch and he just kept staring down and he got countered him. And you can see Aljo freeze up as he gets countered and he just goes down the ground. And people are saying it's an early stoppage. I think... I think it's a good stoppage. I mean, when you roll onto your stomach and you're not even defending yourself, that that's not good. Good, good optics. Uh, so, but I think Sean O'Malley is going to have a long reign in him. I think uh, we will. Uh, it's going to be the Sugar Show for a long time. I think Dan is very happy about that. I mean, they put the entire second round knockout up on social immediately. Unheard of. Yeah, they haven't done that. that. So, now the question is, what's going on with the Bantamweight division? Because Aljo, you know, he's saying 99% chance I'm going to move up to featherweight. Now he's saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. Now I want a rematch. But I don't think he's a dominant enough champion to get an immediate rematch. Even like he has to fight some other guys because I mean Charles Oliveira, arguably a better, more dominant champ, had to fight uh, up and comer, uh, you know, top five guy to get back into intention. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, up next will probably be Cheeto, just for the whole storyline of him being his only loss. I 100% see that being being the fight to make. I think uh, with the star power that Sean had going into that fight, this is the biggest bantamweight fight ever. So I think that plus be, like decisively ending Aljo and exposing him has catapulted him, and I think that will enable you know he he'll be able to have more of a calling out who he wants to fight than other champions, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, especially with that storyline, and that's going to do a lot of money. Because at the end of the day, it's just, it, people get hung up on the rankings, uh, and, oh, they deserve this. People were saying, Sean doesn't deserve this. Who is he? he hasn't fought anyone in the top ten. He hasn't fought anyone. He lost to John, blah, blah, blah. But now he's champ. And he beat Al Joe, who beat all these other great guys. He beat him decisively. So, can you really say that he didn't deserve it? Same, same with Sean Strickland. That's one of the narratives. Uh, why is he getting it off of a boost? Well, he's getting it because Izzy called for it. And Sean Strickland is a company man. Same with Colby. He was playing about him not fighting, but... That that that's the entire welterweight. They don't fight each other. 
and that's uh, like everyone's ducking Shavkat. And uh, I thought he had I, a I fight lined up. No, he he doesn't have a definitive fight. Wasn't he supposed to fight somebody? Yeah, and it fell through. It's it's just Kevin Gastelum, and Gastelum, oh, Gastelum got Gastelum. hurt, right? Yeah. So he's been calling out people on Twitter, uh, like Justin Poirier said he's going to move up to 170, and then Shopcott said, "Okay, oh fight me," God. and then Justin Poirier has since gone back saying he wants to fight Gaethje a third time. Uh, people are petrified of Shopcott, which. I mean, I get, but that division you gotta you gotta you gotta fight you gotta make these guys fight. Like the the whole Leon Edwards dragging his feet, not signing a contract. I mean, I I think if he he refuses to sign a contract much longer, he refuses to, to take the fight, he might want to strip him because he he's had a similar issue before where you know he got stripped of ranking. Because you just refused the fights that were given to him. Well, to get back on topic about the bantamweights, I feel this this will probably be the storyline since the UFC's love story on storylines now. It will probably be Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto. Don't know when, but that's probably sometime soon. December. December. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that December. Then Aljamain will fight Cejudo. I thought Cejudo's fighting Jan, is what I heard. Oh, now he's fighting Jan? Well, you never know. The UFC likes to do crazy things until it's set in stone and you see that poster. I don't believe it. Well, Fair actually, enough. Uh, until they weigh in and walk out. Yeah, because uh, the the... Jeffrey Neal versus Ian Gary was supposed to happen. And I'm very upset that that didn't happen. Poor Neil Magny. So I didn't really get to watch the fights. So from what I read, uh, Wei Lee dominated um, the lady she fought. What was her name? Lemos? Uh, yeah, Lemos. Yeah, I read it was just uh, just straight domination. Was it was true? like uh, three hundred something strikes to uh, like sixty. Okay, so we don't really have to talk about that. Now the other fight that I was uh, interested in watching was the the one seventy or what's the name? The Irish guy. Ian Gary. Yeah, Ian Gary. He took on the Gazelle or whatever he changed his name to, and the Neil Magny. So. Was that enough to propel him to stardom? Or does he got to beat somebody no, else to prove it? Not. Well, Dana even said the fact that he could not finish Neil Magny, even in the third round when he kept falling down every time he touched his legs, the fact that you could not finish this guy, you know, he's good. He, Dana said that he has to go back and watch the tape and see what he did wrong that he couldn't finish him. And, I mean, if Dana's saying that, that's, you know, and I know a lot of people online were, like, they've turned against him because, you know, he's, he's aping Conor McGregor, like, at every turn. He's what? He's literally, he's, he's aping Conor McGregor, what, saying what? word for word Conor lines, like, uh, you'll do nothing, or you'll do what the fuck you're told, or and, and just who's that guy? Like all all of Connor's greatest hits, he's been using them. He just doesn't have the charisma. He's trying really hard, and then Neil Magny said something about, "Oh, as a dad, you know, I'm used to dealing out ass whoopings or whatever." He's gonna whip his ass, and then Ian, uh, who doesn't, he's not even a father. He's a stepfather. He took his wife's last name. He got all upset about it, saying he's a child abuser, and he wouldn't let him talk at the press conference, and he just, he was being an absolute jackass. So I think he's had people turn him on that. And then his performance, it wasn't great. It just, he should have been able to finish him. 
much sooner. Like, if you had a killer in there, so I think he'll get exposed uh, very soon. Because any any, I don't I don't know if any other top contender, top ten guy that wouldn't be able to handle him handle it. Top five guys, top six guys, because shop got six. Easily destroy it. So basically what you're saying is he's trying to be Conor McGregor. He's trying to be a biter, a copycat. He's trying to be Conor, but at 170. Or the right. next Conor, basically. He's Irish too, right? Yeah. From but Ireland, or is he from America? From Ireland. Oh, okay, okay. But, I mean, the more apt Conor McGregor would be Sugar Sean. Because people were comparing the knockout of Aldo to the knockout of Aljo. I've seen the little side-by-side comparisons. And then, you know, the UFCs have gotten right behind Sean, just like they did right behind Conor. And Connor even reached out to him and congratulated him. And they were talking about being on the same fight card in December, possibly. Well, Connor's going to fight in December. Well, he recently said that it's not off the table anymore. So, you never know. So, he paid off uh, USADA? Uh, well, you know, you know, when Jones tested positive, they just moved the fight to California. When Brock Lesnar was fighting Mark Hunt, they gave him the exemption, a waiver, to make the fight happen. And I mean, USADA is its own entity, but they're contracted by the UFC, so, you know, there is, and also there's ways around drugs. You know, the flushing your system with IVs or whatnot will clear out a lot of stuff. Like that there's a reason why guys that are clearly juicing don't get popped. So you're telling me there's a chance? I'm saying it from the from Connor's mouth and from White's mouth, it's possible. Possible we see a December card with Sugar Sean and Conor McGregor. But if not, then early 2024. I feel they should uh, bring back the Super Bowl fight cards. How they used to have them loaded. Those cards were mm-hmm. fantastic. They're not as good that as they used to be. Well, yeah, they they're now churning out fights every to keep the you know, the fight pass going. Yeah, they gotta put out what how many fights a year? Like forty something? They gotta have forty something fights a year or something. Yeah. So it's like every every week there's gotta be something. So That's and you have to have those like, bad ones sometimes. There seems to be a lot of bad ones. Those random fights. I don't, well, I, I, I'll take that back because July was stacked the entire month. You had the Volk fight, the Drickus fight, the Gaethje fight, Tom Aspinall's return. There's a lot of good fights that that month, but I, I feel like we're in a, a drought until September. Well, we have Max this weekend, but it's at an ungodly. Our, they gotta cater to those fans over in uh, the Asian market. I get it, but I mean, one FC pretty much has that dominated. Oh, dude! <laughs> if one FC starts doing more shows in America, UFC might be in trouble. Well, the UFC is in trouble with the the, the lawsuits, but. The, uh, the MMA media are making it out way worse than it actually. They're, you know, because they tried to get it dismissed and they're bringing it back. And what lawsuits? 
uh, about is antitrust or whatever that despite the fact that the UFC is not the only game in the town, like there are Bellator, there are PFL, and they don't it, it, it's a really dumb uh, lawsuit. It's been going on for years and it's been stalled out and then they, they just got a uh, what is it, a class action like they're granted a class action for the fighters to say that there are wages or whatever so, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. But someone was making a very good point to me that fighter pay is, like, you never see any of the guys that are very successful in the sport complaining about fighter pay. Because if, if you are a draw, if you're a good fighter, you'll make your money. It's just... You know, it kind of sucks to get there, but I mean, if you're dedicated to it, you'll get there. I mean, Derek Lewis just got paid uh, pretty good money for his resigning, and all he has to do is show up, do one or two KOs every now and then. So what? He loses a few fights, you know. Well, who, what do they figure? Like boxing, they don't talk about the guys on the undercard that nobody knows their names or anything. How much they get paid? They're not getting paid like the top one percent of the good boxers, right? All that and money from that that promotion or that fight night or whatever you want to call it is going towards that main event. Yeah, those guys on the like, undercard that are opening up are probably making less than the UFC fighters. That is actually what someone's going to bring up too, because. <laughs> They're making far less money. It, it's so tilted, but no one complains about boxing. Okay. It just, it, it, it's an, I don't know. It just blows my mind that people that aren't fighters are so passionate about it. And they make the UFC and Dana White out to these evil, big evil organizations. When it's a business, and it was almost killed in its infancy. And the man has had to do a lot of work tirelessly to, to build it into what it is today. I mean, he I had guess. some cash cows along the way that helped a lot. Well, I'm talking about in the early days when, uh, what was this? John McCain was saying human cockfighting and getting it banned off of TV. Oh, the very beginning days, yes. So, I mean, it... It really didn't start taking off until the tough. Yeah, the first season, okay. right? Yeah, that's what saved it. And then you had a, a little... You had Chael there, who was like a top earner. Because he brought, you know he would talk all that shit and bring that... And you had Brock. And you had Rousey and McGregor. Mm-hmm. Those were the cash cows. I mean, shit, Connor is still, uh, I think he holds the most records for, but I do think Sugar Sean could potentially be, maybe not Connor McGregor status, but approaching, like, the next best, you know what I mean? Because I don't think there'll ever be another Connor McGregor. He's got the potential to have that, uh, following, because he has a pretty big following from what, what he streams, right? Streams, uh, on Twitch. Yeah, so, so he's Twitch... Bring, he's he brings that younger crowd with him, so... And he's, he's young himself. But those guys, those younger audiences, they like to get these pay-per-views for free. So, <laughs> they will find a way. Sure. He might be uh, getting a lot of eyes on him, but they will find a way to watch it for zero dollars. But if he still gets... Asses and seats, though. Those live gigs. Yeah, but they make a lot more money on them pay-per-view buys. You can't have a million people in one stadium. True, but when you have ticket prices at $500, $600, $800, They don't cost that much to get in there. Some of them do. That's floor seats. Look at, uh... I'm talking about, uh, in, uh... The UK card, if you like convert it to uh, American dollars, 
like in the Brazil uh, fight as well. I, I like that's why people are complaining about that. I don't think he's got the uh, following for that yet. To right, those countries. I'm not talking about that. Possibly <laughs> Ireland. Definitely, if they go back to Boston, he'll definitely sell out again. But not. I think Dana else. wants to. I know Dana said that he wants to go back to Boston. Considering it's like the third highest broken gate behind the Celtic. Oh, we got B. Woods in here. Welcome back, B. Woods. Yo, yo, what up? Can you hear me? We were we were just talking about the the sugar show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He put on uh, quite the performance, didn't he? I think he uh, he exposed down here. He did what? He exposed Aljamain Sterling. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I know that Styles make fights, and you know he's a striker. Aljo's a wrestler, and Aljo got knocked out. Anybody get blasted on the chin, you can get knocked out. I'm not sure if he exposed them. Uh, Marlon Moraes already showed us you can flatline Aljo. Well, I mean, if you look uh, at the, the strike that he threw as he got countered, he was going like painting that to shoot. And you can see when uh, Sean didn't flinch or move back, Aljo kind of froze like a deer in headlights. Because you see him going for the level change, and he gets countered. I think he he does not have a great great takedowns. Like the way he goes and shoots for takedowns, it goes to get you on the ground, leaves him vulnerable. And I that's what I thought going into that fight that would uh, it would be a bad matchup and. Uh, you know, Al Jermaine has not been a dominant champ. You know, there's a lot of asterisks next to his his wins. A one-armed fighter, split, split, DQ. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if you look for excuses, you can always find them. But the thing, the fact of the matter is, like, those guys get in the cage, and once you... Um, when you get in a cage with a pre-existing injury, you already signed up for that. So it's not the other fighters. It's not up to the other fighters to um, pamper your injury. I mean, you, it's, it's that's the fight game. Like, you, no one's 100% healthy going in. Well, my uh, my my counter to that would be it took you two rounds to get rid of a guy with one arm. Well, here's one. Um, Anderson Silva fought Chael Sonnen with broken ribs. And the fight lasted five rounds, and he didn't get the submission until five rounds. So that doesn't make his victory any less impressive. Um, he got his ass kicked for five rounds and then pulled off a fifth-round sub with injured ribs. So uh, coming into a fight with an injury and, you know, make, having a performance, you can't make it an excuse. You either pull out and people make fun of you for pulling out, or you go into the fight with an injury will make an excuse for you um, if you lose, but it's the reality is this: like you, no one's gonna be one hundred percent going into a fight. Just that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, that's Sean. He had uh, bruised ribs and all that. He hadn't wrestled in like six weeks. I mean, so he still put on a great performance, right? And I think um, you can give Sugar Sean his flowers without. Pushing down Aljo and making him seem insignificant. He's, he had the, one of the best runs in bantamweight history. Um, had he won that fight, he would have been considered a bantamweight goat. So Sean did look good. I mean, the first round he looked scared as shit. Like he wasn't engaging at all. He wouldn't throw. Any, I don't think he even threw any strikes at all. Well, he, 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 I, I rewatched it yesterday, and he was doing a lot of feints and he was doing a lot of distance things. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely definitely um, carried out a lot of feints, but he even said in his own interview that that was the most nervous he had been going into a fight. And he was, you know, obviously it was because of uh, Aljo's skill set. Like, if he thought Aljo was a scrub, he wouldn't be so tentative. He's very, 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 like, tentative and nervous about 
engaging in the first round. Well, he said that he was nervous until their eyes met. That's when he was like, all right, it's game time. And uh, I, I think that Alger made a mistake because it kind of felt like he, that first round, he could he should have been a little bit more aggressive. He kind of just, he let Sean kind of dictate that the pace of that. Because, you, you know, a few leg kicks here and there. And then he goes for the clinch in the last 10 seconds to get the, you know, a few uppercuts and steal the rounds. I mean, it's always hindsight bias, but it, it felt like he was not, I, I get it not wanting to engage per se, but you, he spot strikers like Jan. I don't know. It just was a poor performance by Aljo and a good performance by Sean. But I think this will catapult Sean to to bigger bigger height than Aljo was going to have. You know what I mean? Because he's just more... His style and his act is more mainstream. Mainstream appeal. So you know like the, the UFC is very happy with Oh, for sure. I can you can I can tell by like the post fight presser, in fight action. Like whenever you see a champion get stopped in a championship fight instantly without being like just flatlined dead, you know that that was the outcome that the company was looking for. Usually in championship fights, especially with Mark Goddard's referee, you got to be damn near dead before he waves it off. Um, and there was a pretty quick stoppage. I, I think it was a fine stoppage. Aljo was definitely hurt. He got stung, and he was getting his head bounced on the canvas in the ground and pound, but he was still moving around and defending himself intelligently. So to wave it off at that point, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless, like, that's kind of the outcome that they were banking on. You know, so well, it's, it's I, I, like that. When, when he moved over to his stomach, like that's when I okay that's like that I thought that was a a good point to to wave it off because I mean the way I I saw that like last when it was waved off was him going onto his stomach and trying to, I don't know that just that's not a good optic uh, you know what I mean I I understand that stoppage well the thing is like if you're if you're transitioning from uh, being on your back and getting pummeled. Your only other option is to um, go to your back, go to your knees, and then scramble up, maybe try to go for a shoot, grab a leg, transition from being on your back and just absorbing damage. That's, I think that's standard. Um, if I can, I can understand if O'Malley was then he turned to his back and he was just covering up and not moving at all and still he's absorbing strikes. At that point, you definitely would want to go for the want to stop it. However, um, I don't. I'm not a fan of early stoppages. I don't. I would prefer a championship fight to be stopped too too late than too soon, because you only get so many opportunities to fight for the title, and you got to make the most of it in those moments. I mean, we've seen crazy comebacks in UFC history where we thought a guy was down and out, and they come back and they win the fight. You know, like a, a prime example of that would be. Pat Berry versus Chuck Con- Chuck Congo, a heavyweight, where Pat Berry had Chuck Congo on death's door it, two or three times in that fight, and it could have been waved off at any moment. It wasn't even a title fight; it was just a um, standard three-round exhibition. And referee let it continue. Congo got his wits about him after getting like you know sent to the shadow realm, or at least to the shadow realm's door, got up and flatlined Pat. That's fair. Um, I I just just seeing your head, your champion's head though being bounced like a ball. That is, I don't know. Like I I don't want to see permanent damage on these guys, right? Because I I don't think any belt is worth, uh, you know, a brain bleed or anything like that. Yeah, I mean it. It is a sport. 
And I'm not trying to make it seem like I want it to be this uh, <laughs> gladiator type deal where you turn the emperor turns his thumb down and <laughs> he sacrificed the guy in the middle of the ring. Uh, but at the same time, this is a fight sport and it is brutal. So the results of this is exactly that. Like you're going to get guys getting head injuries and broken bones and that's just the nature of the business. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm at peace with the fact that I enjoy this sport because it is violent and I'm not trying to like mitigate violence in a thing that's already violent. I, I appreciate it for what it is. And if they get hurt, that's what they signed up for. They, they know what they signed up for. So, you know, I mean, it, to me, I'm, um, I've already uh, made peace with it. So we was talking about what's next for Sean O'Malley. And I said it would be Cheeto. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a slam dunk. That's a slam dunk. Well, uh, I don't know if you heard, but Sean was talking to Connor, and they were talking about trying to be on the same card together. Connor McGregor? Yeah. Why? Because they uh, they want to make it the best selling pay per view ever. Oh, okay. You mean like I thought you were saying like they were lining up a fight? No, no, no. They're going to be on the same card together. They're oh, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Why Which not Ian, why not throw Ian Gary on that same card too? Now you got you can get Walmart Connor, Target Connor, and the real Connor all on one card. I I truly hope Ian Gary gets flatlined. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on, John. Hold on, John. Who is Walmart Connor and who is Target Car- Connor? <laughs> so, uh, so Walmart, I, Ian Gary is Walmart Connor. Okay. okay. Um, Sean O'Malley's Target Connor because he now has the championship. So he's a little step up above Walmart Connor. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're saying great value and. Well, I don't know what uh, Target's brand is, but that's what you're calling them. <laughs> yep, great value, Connor. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm done. I'm well, done. I was saying earlier before you joined that Ian Gary literally does word for word Connor riffs with none of the you know just the same Connor lines over and over. It, it, like it, he it, really wants. Yeah, look, I get it that those, like, Con- fuck Connor's dope, and I get it that those guys want to be like the man. I mean, why not? He he fucking made he turned UFC into from a you know a small act. People looked at it as human cockfighting, and no one really cared to like an international brand just with his persona and his abilities in the cage. So I get that guys look up to him, but. To actually mimic and want to be exactly like him kind of looks a little suspect, but it is what it is, man. You can't um, fault a guy for having a hero. Yeah, but I can fault him for word for word taking his rips. You know what I mean? Because, like, there's a guy that made a clip of them, of Connor saying the line and Ian Gary saying the line. And it was, like, a good three-minute clip of just him mimicking Connor word for word, and with none of the charmer crews behind it. You know what I mean? And then his... Right. Uh, his the, thing is, out. the thing is, bro, Connor's being himself. It's, it's, it's more smooth and more natural for Connor because he's not playing a role. He's just being him. Yeah, and that, that's what I... Like, if you're going to do a character, make it your own, you know, like Chael or Colby, you know. They they play their characters. Right. If you're gonna play right. a character, be a be an original, right? Don't don't. Well, I guess John, you said it already. The key word is they were being they were they were playing their character. He's trying to play. He's trying to be a caricature of Connor instead of being the character that he and Gary created. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his uh, I don't know. I I truly hate the guy uh, and. I think he, uh, he he's not that great. Uh, he's overhyped. I really want the train to be derailed. I would love for Jeff Neal to do him like he did 
Luke A and give him a brain bleed. Uh, once on the record, I truly hate Ian Gary. <laughs> um, my boy, he hates Ian Gary so much that he's going against his own principle and wants to witness brain bleeding. I like it. I like it. I don't want to get too far from the weeds and talking about Ian Gary because the point was, what's next for Sean O'Malley? I think, realistically speaking, um, there's some there's there's a bunch of options. Obviously, right? Like he can get it can be an all all Joe rematch. That's an option. Um, I'm, I'm not sure O'Malley and his camp want that, so I don't see that happening necessarily. Um, there's the revenge match he can have with Cheeto, and he can clear up that. That L that he says he doesn't have the sugar show that loss, so he can get that rematch with um, with Cheeto Vera for the title. They both were on the same card, so it's possible for them to rebook this um, soon enough and make it happen. Assuming uh, both guys got in there with uh, relatively no injuries, and then last but not least, uh, there's Corey Corey Samhagen who has looked really good and really impressive in his last. Few fights, so they're not going to make the Corey fight because of that Rob Font. Like, because of what? Left because of the Rob Font fight, so Corey's injured, and Dana was pissed about that because he didn't show up to the post fight. He left before the fight was over, and th- the fans have turned on him as well because it was a very boring fight. So that sadly negates like his. His position, you know what I mean. So I don't think we'll see Corey. And then Marab, he's calling for the fight only if Alge is not going to get a rematch. Which I think he's fucked himself over, you know, because he he's going to wait till Alge left, but then Alge lost, so now he's going to put another year off. While they get the rematch going, or Alger fights a contender and then he goes and fights Sean again, like because you got to look at the, the the average age of the bantamweight champions when they won and when they lost. It's like after thirty five, it's not good for the bantamweight champ. And you know, Sean Sean's a young guy; he's twenty eight, so he's got a good good run in him. Especially if he... Go ahead, John. Hmm? Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I got a question for you, though. Go ahead. So, you know, Sean has been very careful with his navigation of his career, with what fights he takes. You know, he doesn't have a manager. He's his own manager. So he's done it very skillfully. So now that he's champ, I think he'll do the exact same thing, and he'll pick... He'll call out... He'll be like Izzy, and he'll call out the guys he wants to fight. And he's going to do whatever champion should try to do. Pick the easiest guy for the most money. So, and with that kind of star power, he's going to be able to do what Connor did and pretty much pick and choose. I think more so with him. You'll, you'll fight who we tell you to fight. You know what I mean? Because like Leon, he doesn't have that power. Whereas Sean does have that leverage right now with the Cheeto. And if he beats Cheeto, then it's, you know, continues. So you said Corey Sanhagen had a boring fight with a... Didn't he tear his tricep in that fight? Yeah, I'm just going off of what I've seen online of fans oh, and what okay. Dana White has. I got, I got you, I got you. I mean, beating Cheeto is pretty good. And for the record, he did tear his uh, bicep in that first round and he continued to fight and dominate with hey, I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't impressive. I'm not saying that he's not a great fighter and he does uh, deserve battle shots. At some point what I am gonna tell it be like be honest that the optics of it, the fans and people online did not enjoy it and Dana most certainly did not enjoy it. I mean he never very rarely does he leave a fight, like a fight night or a fight card, before the fight's over and skips the press conference. You know what I mean? And when asked about it at this one, you know, he gave a, an earful. 
Well, think about this. Like, think about um, our earlier our earlier conversation. You gave Aljo points off for beating TJ when he had one on, but you're not giving Sanhagen his flowers for winning when he had one arm. So it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If TJ had if TJ had beaten Aljo in a boring, very, very methodical fashion with one arm, are you still saying that you don't want to see him compete for the title because he beat Aljo with one arm? I'm not saying this. This is going off of what I've seen the general sentiment online and from what Dana has said. No, no, that's, like very, that, that's, that's very true, but I we're know. not talking to those guys online right now. We're, we're talking to each other, brother. Well, in my opinion, I think they're a more compelling matchup, and he's injured, so he's not going to be getting it anytime soon. Who do you see as the more compelling matchups? Well, Cheeto is the fight that's got to be made. Like, it, it's not signed, but it will be signed because both guys want it. The fans want it. Dana wants it. It's going to happen. So after that, who does Aljo fight? Who does Jan fight? Who does Sam Hagen fight when he gets better? You know what I mean? Because it's not what you've... It's what you've done for me lately. You know? That's sad oh. fact. So, oh, by the time Cheeto, say, Sean beats Cheeto in December to January, they do want to do the quick turnaround. Who does he fight next? He's going to have some time off. I would like to see Jan and Cejudo match up. I think there's talks about that. Um, or the, the Jan Aljo rubber match. Um, I can see, see a few because well, like there's a couple guys we're leaving out that um, haven't been mentioned right now, and I think deserve a chance at the title. Um, Aljo Stablemate, Mirab, Amish Willie, I think he deserves a shot too. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to get it at this moment because he's not. He's um, I think he's a, a the kind of fighter that isn't exciting. For that pay per view matchup with um, O'Malley, and I, I don't think O'Malley's going to be uh, thrilled at fighting um, Mirab at all. And the only fights that seem sexy to me that um, make sense stylistic wise would be um, maybe a guy like Henry Cejudo and, and um, Sugar Sean O'Malley, or maybe a guy like Cheeto Vera where he can get that rematch. And he doesn't think that you know Cheeto is leagues above him in any way. I think in a, the matchup nightmare sense, um, the guys who are at the top of the division, like Mirab and uh, the rematch with Aljo, those don't seem so sexy to him. I don't think those those matchups were um, will take place if Sean has anything to do with it. And I think he does have some say so, given the fact right. that he. He is a star in the sport. He does have a pay-per-view draw. So he does have some say-so in his opponents. Whereas a guy like, um, you know, a, a more unpopular champion like uh, Aljamain Sterling or Tyron Woodley or something like that, they don't have much say-so in who their opponents are, are going to be when they fight for a title. They just get the toughest possible matchup because they're fighting the best guys in the world. Right. And... I, I do I, I do notice um, Cejudo was calling out Sean and like there's some Twitter spat between Cheeto, Sean, and Cejudo, and uh, Sean was saying Cheeto, you better better stop being an asshole or something, or else I'll give the shot to Cejudo. So I think those two matchups are more likely to happen sooner than later. Like, I can easily see Sean beating Cheeto and then going after Cejudo. And I, I see that as well. I mean, it, it makes sense. There's not... one I would love to see the Jan Sean for the belt. Yeah. 
Now, oh, I, I also heard, here's one that's that we had a few that we were leaving out. Um, I didn't mention Mirab, uh, but here's one other that we may be missing out on. And this is kind of a stretch, but uh, I heard some rumors about this one. What about Sean O'Malley and Ilya Taporia? That would be a compelling matchup. That would be very interesting. Would it at, at bantamweight? That's the question. Would it be at bantamweight, or would it be, um, you know, as it would it be like a, at a catchweight type fight? Because I don't see any clear cut contenders right now for O'Malley to defend against that aren't in those names that we just mentioned. Yeah. So, because I know. He said in the Rogan interview that he could probably, like, he doesn't want to fight at 155 or, you know, at the higher weight classes. Um, even though that, that's probably, like, where he should be at if he wasn't, you know, weight cutting and all that. So I don't think. O'Malley's fighting at 35, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I don't know if he. he It'd be interesting if he goes up to 145 to fight Torpia or Torpia, Ilya. Um, a catch rate would be interesting. I'm 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 interested in that fight period. That would be very very fun to watch. Yeah, I like I like the matchup too. I, I heard about it like um do like you know the the rumor mill. It's nothing not, nothing concrete, but it was something that I heard that I thought like hmm that. That could make sense. That'd be a fun fight. I'd be, I'd be down to watch that. So um, moving forward, though, I think um, that's what's next for O'Malley. Um, he has, you know, the obvious rematch with Cheeto Vera. He can do the rematch with Aljamain Alge, Sterling. He can do a new contender with like Mirab or um, a guy like Corey Sanhagen if he waits a little bit. Um, and he can also do it. Uh, the fight with Triple C with Henry Cejudo. I think that fight, to me, that fight seems like the most likely to happen next because Henry uh, carries a certain amount of buzz. He's an Olympic champion, an Olympic gold medalist. He's um, he has the you know triple champ status. He, where he can he can parade as being this great opponent, whereas in reality. He's five foot three, fighting a guy that's five foot eleven or however tall um, Sean O'Malley is. And on paper, Sean O'Malley would have a huge; it would be a huge matchup um, favorite for O'Malley. I think it would be something that he'll be much more comfortable with signing the paper on immediately when it comes to booking another title fight in the near future. I think that fight itself makes the most sense when you add in all the factors. Yeah. Well, I know. So this is the biggest bantamweight fight ever, and so we know the fact that that Sean is the star here, because um, we just had Cejudo Aljo, and it, it 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 blew that out of the water. So I think he's eager to do a another fight, like a pretty quick turnaround, considering it's a pretty short fight for him, pretty easy fight. And the fact that he's now getting the championship uh, money. So I, I could definitely see like a December, because that's what he's talking about, fighting in December. So will... So, I mean, it's really tough to give it to Cejudo when he just came off of a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas well, you, uh, Cheeto is more compelling because the your loss but I can see Cejudo being next after Cheeto. Well, I, I 100% agree with that. But that's what that's to, that's going to assume that the fight business is now booking fights based off meritocracy. When it's not the case, like I don't think that matters um, anymore. I think it's more about pure entertainment, and we're moving oh, more yeah, into that. that. That's that's. Well, I, don't that's think, I don't think any, I don't think anyone cares about. A fighter coming off a loss, fighting for a title. Otherwise, how could Kobe Covington be getting the title fight 
um, with Leon Edwards when he hasn't done much at all. You know, like he's lost to Usman a couple times and then got punched in the face at a bar by <laughs> by Street Jesus. So, like, he doesn't really – there's no merit in him getting a title shot over anyone, for that matter. I don't think anyone cares except for the fact that it's entertaining, the fight can be sold, um, and it's a matchup that will make money. I don't think the um, the fact that you come up coming off of a loss or you not earning the number one contender spot will keep you out of a title fight in this era of the UFC. Well, we're in the WWE era now of UFC, so stories is definitely going to make the fights. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what better storyline is there for Tito Vera than, excuse me, <coughs> Ooh, excuse me, and, but then um, avenging his only loss with Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I see that happening. I really do. And if they do it with Connor on the card, who's going to be the main event? <laughs> Connor. Obviously, Connor. <laughs> Is it going to be three rounds or five rounds? <laughs> Guys, um, no, don't eat spicy chip chips before you um, talk. I mean, I would love to see Connor actually fight Chandler. That should be a very entertaining first round. <coughs> but the Cheeto and Sean O'Malley fight, I think, is definitely next up. Because like John said, they just fought. Did Cheeto take any damage in his fight against uh, Munoz? Not really. No? He... Well, I mean, he never really looked like, like the Corey and him fight. He looks fine, and Corey looks like he got his ass beat. Like, he just doesn't wear damage. But that that's also a testament to his skills, because he's really good at rolling and parrying and dodging. And if he is getting hit, it's not getting the full force, right? So yeah. he's, he's good at being, like, avoiding taking too much damage, even if it looks like he's... If it, if, uh, Pedro was out striking him and, and, and really putting the pace on him but the fact of the matter is Pedro was getting hit harder the few like less but harder than he was you know people were saying they thought he had won but I, it very clearly Cheeto's fight so he, he, he didn't look like he took too much damage and I think he'll be a quick he, for a title shot over a guy that he's beat already. I think he'll he'll jump at it. You know what I mean? Because how often do you get that title shots? Yeah, because I mean he he lost to Corey Sandhagen, which is one of the true contenders right now. Then he beat Pedro Munez, and now he's getting a title shot. Perfect. Of course, you'll take that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Sean Strickland. Yeah. yeah. Strickland got knocked out by um, Pereira. Fought two more fights after that. Looked impressive in one. And those fights wasn't even wasn't that a catchweight? What he fought the the one we fought the Russian guy. One of the Russians. But that was a catchweight fight, right? That wasn't a middleweight fight. Yeah, he stepped in on. Uh... I think it was a the guy was supposed to be at two hundred five, and he stepped in because the fight fell and out. He he right. had like a or two week turnaround from his Cannoneer robbery. Right. So you, if you add if you if you put that in perspective, like you know that's he had one fight at his division in which he's competing for the title, and and he's in the show. So I, I don't. That's why I said like I think the I think gone are the days where meritocracy gets you to the title shot. I think it's more about uh, how how well do you move the needle, how well how popular is the current champion and if that champion isn't popular uh, are you tough enough to knock that champion off? If that's the case, then you're going to get a title shot and I don't think how 
you get there it matters oh no for for sure it all matters is you get there um as we saw with Tira, like he he really had no business fighting for the title but he did and he won it and then he lost it but now he's going to be fighting for another title and if they make that in december in a single year's time he will have gone from he'll be he'll be a two-time two-divisional champion in a year's period which is just utterly insane like i don't think there's anyone in the history of mma that's done that i know we just went off track with that one but uh you think he fights Magomed next, or you think he's uh, they're just gonna hold off on him? Wait, 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 wait! Isn't Johnny Walker fighting uh, Magomed next? Uh, I thought it was a different Magomed, or maybe I don't know. Ankalaev, the number two ranked light heavyweight, versus Johnny Walker, right? Because everybody else is on the shelf right now. Uh, I maybe. I'll check. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think that's the next fight. I really think Johnny Walker is fighting Ankalaev. I think you're right. I think you're right. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's on a, a pay per view or a fight night. I think that's the next fight for Johnny Walker, and then I imagine the winner of that will fight Pereira. And then they'll go from there because the title is—is is it vacant right now or is it? It's vacant. It's vacant, right? Okay, so, so Jamal Hill's technically not the champion right now. Wait, hold and, on. So, I think Jamal Hill vacated the championship. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. So the title's vacant and, right now. Wait, so that fight, that fight between Blahovich and Pereira wasn't for the vacant title? No. No, it wasn't. But. There's a reason for that. So this was going to tie into my points. Is they didn't make that a, a title fight because they have Jiri lined up. So they're going to have Jiri fight the winner of that fight, I believe. Well, they're also trying to do away with the whole interim titles in general. I know that. Right. So thank God for that. So I think they should uh, they should bring more like DMF type stuff, like just you know, fun, fun participation trophy, whatever. Uh, I, I kind of like that idea. Uh, consolation flyers, you know. Maybe I'm alone on that. No, I get what you're saying, John. Like, so they they could always have a title or something. Yeah, on a pay-per-view or a fight night or whatever, right? Right. I mean, in the ideal scenario, we'd chain, we'd add some more weight divisions, oh, and then oh, you have more started on that. Um. <clears throat> so here's the thing: I think we need to get rid of this whole notion that you have to that every pay-per-view must be a title, or you have to, you know. If the guy's vacated the title and it's up for grabs, it's already going to be illegitimate. Like, the lineal champion isn't um, present to defend it or lose it. So I think, like, that that matchup with Blahovich and Pereira, I would have been fine with that being for the championship. We all know the guy who's the champion, once he comes back, he's going to get uh, either a direct title shot or a fast track to it. And we're going to see who really is the cream of the crop. I don't mind uh, having the crown on uh, a false king. Well, I, I am glad that we, we wasn't for the vacant. Because, honestly, having Piera step into a title fight immediately after getting KO'd by Izzy... That just, I don't know, that would, that, that doesn't sit well with me. And I like Piera. Don't get me wrong, but it just, 
know what I mean? It just it just doesn't your debut in a new weight class and you're fighting for the title. It, it'd be one thing if it was like him moving up to fight Izzy at a new weight, you know, and you have prior history, something, anything. But no, he's just moving up to fight Jan, who he has no story with. Uh, I'm so glad that it wasn't for the title. Well, I mean, it's just the fact that these guys are at the top of the division. And we'll not these guys because you know, um, Alex doesn't have any experience at 205 other than the experience he gained through Blahovich. But Jan Blahovich was, you know, uh, the, the t- champion of that division. Uh, he lost the title. And then the, all the other guys that are in the title mix are all injured. Like Yuri Prohaska is coming off of an injury. He's working his way back into the mix. Uh, the current champion is out of the mix with an injury. And you got, you know, um, Glover Teixeira, who, you know, is Alex's stablemate. You know, he's technically out of the mix because of, for that reason and um, the fact that he's, you know, probably going to retire soon if he hasn't already retired. No, he, 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 he retired already. Well, there you go. Like, so he's out of the mix too. So who else will you have fight for that title? That vacant title. Um, as long as it's not Magomedov and Goliath, I am perfectly content with anyone else fighting for the belt. Well, you I don't just want said, him near. You said you weren't cool with it being Alex. He just got to the no, I I said that the the fight with Jan, his debut, I did not want that to be for the vacant title. Right. right? Him right. beating out uh, Jan, I'm okay with him fighting. you know that that's what I was saying. So, okay, you're, so fighting... you're cool with it now. Right. But that's yeah, what I was saying. Like, for the last fight that they had, I was not cool. Like, I would, I, I mean, I wouldn't complain, but I would, wouldn't be happy. But now that he's, like, beat Jan, a former champion, he's now beaten two former champions in the UFC. So, I think, yeah, he should be in the title. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's. Geary comes back within the next couple of months. If he comes back in January, July, or I mean, December, J- January, they should make it Pira and him. If not, we'll probably have the winner of Walker or Magomedov fight Pira for the vacant title. But I think Geary is saying that he's doing well and he's on his way to ready to fight. Hey, Jeff, quick, quick thinking, though. Quick thinking. How long has it been since Yuri's been out? Do you know? Uh, he was December. December of last year? Well, what did you say, John? I think it was like, uh, yeah, it's December because it was like three weeks before the, the fight. So, I mean, he was due to fight Glover yep. in December. They pushed that fight, make it Jamal Hill into January. So, and they made the Ankaliyev Yan fight. They upgraded that title fight. So it, it's been like since early December, late November. So, I mean, it's been nine months, going on ten months. Okay. <clears throat> so, who you like out of uh, Yuri and Pereira? If they were to lock horns and fight, so logically, you'd say Pierre because he's got the the striking and the Jerry leaves himself open. But I do think Jerry would find a way because he might he submitted Glover. Like just, I just think back to that Glover and him fight. It was wild. It was chaotic. And he showcased his grappling ability and his ability to defend uh, and his chin. I, uh, I think he, I think he would beat Pira, especially considering how Pira looked against Jan. Granted, it was at elevation. We shouldn't forget that because everyone looks like shit at elevation unless you're, you know, on juice.
Well, I know we went off the topic that we had on hand, but there is a light heavyweight bout this weekend with uh, Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann. I believe this is a rematch, right? No? Okay. Well, I do not know. Well, either way, that could be a possible slingshot for Ryan Spann to get up into the possible top seven because currently they have Johnny Walker and Krylov tied at number six. So we could possibly see Ryan Spann get catapulted up into the rankings. And if he doesn't take any damage, we could see him actually fighting one of these guys up here. And he could throw his name in the hat for a title shot or a contender for the vacant title, depending on how they want to do things. But with that said, on that note, you guys ready to call it? I am ready. Well, then, on that Thanks note, we'll zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>